0: Hey, what's up, what's good? Welcome to Showtime Balling NZ. We're balling at all levels. New Zealand's basketball podcast. Let's get it. In this episode, we're going one-on-one with Sal's NBL elite baller. It is Alonzo Burton. Now, in this episode, Zo takes us back into time and he talks about his basketball pathways from watching his father, ex-Torbala, Willie Burton, all the way through high school, connecting through to Breakers development, South NBL, and also is free on oh, free for the national team. Yo, this is going to be a good episode. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get it. Hey, this episode is brought to you by Skinny Fizz. Skinny Fizz, sparkling water with a splash of real New Zealand fruit extract made right here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. No sweetness, just refreshingly real skinny fizz comes in three flavors lemon lime and raspberry for more information hit them up on www.skinnyfizz.co.nz go get it hey what's up everyone this podcast episode is proudly brought to you by showtime balling apparel merch ready for you to cop uh, help us grow our brand represent us for more information just hit us up go get it Welcome to our show, Showtime Balling, Balling on All Levels, New Zealand's basketball podcast. On this episode, glad to have this guy on board. Man, I've I've watched him grow for the years through his basketball journey. Um, so happy, man, I've been pursuing this episode for a long time, but now here he is, Alonzo Burden. Welcome to the show. Jordan, thanks for having me, man. Uh, for sure, brother. No, it's awesome to have you on board. Uh, we'll get into our you know our past and history in regards to the, you know our connection with basketball. Well, man, how's things? What's going on? No much, man. Just training, getting ready for the season.
1: it's so, been busy. Um doing a bit of packing as well, which I, I'm not a
0: huge fan of, but <laughs> we're getting there slowly. So yeah. Oh, nice. So um look, um, congratulations for your selection into the free on free team again. Um Thank you. but yeah, um but the you know, what you just said before, you know, there's some things that are uncertain at the moment, but hey man, it's but again, it's um it's great to see you in that sort of realm. Yeah, it is. I mean, the coronavirus seems to be spreading,
1: <laughs> and it's um it's affecting a lot of a lot of things in in New Zealand and, and around the world. So, I mean, we'll just take it in our stride and we'll just roll the punches and see what happens and go from whatever whatever we get told we need to do.
0: Yeah, All right man. Hey, let's um let's start. Hey, represent. Where you from?
1: Uh so born in Taranaki, but grew up in Hawke's Bay. So. Um, I'm going to say I'm a Hawks Bay boy, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, went, to, went to St. John's and Hastings, um, so shout out to all the boys that, that uh, go to St. John's, and my coach, Damien Whitten, who was a, a big reason um, where I'm at today with my basketball. Um, but yeah, so 26, grew up in Hawke's Bay, um, obviously my father, Willie Burden, played basketball, um, mother, Suzanne Burden, and my brother, Dominique, so... Small
0: family, but definitely a Hawks Bay boy. Yeah, ah, uh, for real, man. Represented O six, man. It's um, yeah, it's good to have a, <laughs> you know, a Hawks Bay boy on on the on the show. And um, yeah, man. Um, for real. So, the passion for basketball, uh, I know probably pops was a was a big influence. But um, where did it start for you? Um,
1: so yeah, George, so Obviously, going out with my father, playing professional basketball. Um, that was, I guess, where the where the love and the passion came. Um, I was lucky enough to have some amazing legends around um, when I was a young kid so I would go to training when I was eight, eight nine, 10 years old and I'd have guys like obviously my father there, I'd have Paulie Hanare there, um, who else was there, Polo Winantana, so I mean I'd go to training and I'd just be watching them in awe sort of thing like wow these these tall blacks here like like man, like this could be me one day if I if I work hard, sort of thing. Like and get to the NBL. So, so for me, like I agree the love. Just going to trainings with with my father, and you know you see how hard people work and and stuff like that.
0: But yeah, I guess I guess that's where it started for me, George. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, looking back at those uh, early days within the Hawks and Hawks Bay. They had a real legit team early 90s. So the influence that your dad had on you being in Hawke's Bay, what did that mean to you? Um, I mean, it's massive.
1: Um, obviously, you look you look up to certain people. Um, and obviously, having my father play professionally, I got to see what it's like or what, what it takes to be a professional, um, how he took care of his body, what he put into his body, um, the fuel and stuff like that. So obviously that was a massive Im- impact and like he's, he's very well known in Hawke's Bay. Um, so obviously that's another big factor as well, but yeah, he wasn't the only one though, like my mother, she's instilled some great qualities into me, um, mm-hmm. hard work, uh, you know, perseverance. If you start saying you never, you never um, give up with it. Um, but yeah, just little things like that. It was, it was really big for me, and I'm I'm actually quite blessed and lucky to have the people around me that I
0: did. So. Well, yeah, you're, you're the byproduct of your parents, so you're making mm-hmm. sure you got those people behind you because they're the, they are obviously moving forward. They're your biggest uh, support line going into the future, right? Definitely, most definitely, family's everything to me,
1: George. So, I mean, yeah, they played a they play a huge role, and they continue
0: to support me, which um I'm very grateful for. Okay, now let's get into high school. Um, high school, St John's College, uh, it's close to my heart as ex um, students uh, and yeah. ap- obviously running their program once upon a time in the juniors. Yeah. But yeah, man, talk about high school for St John's moving into Hawks Bay.
1: Man, high school. I think high school in terms of in terms of basketball, those those are the my best years and my greatest memories. Um, I'm still friends with. Um, all of the boys that I that I played with we have like a like a brotherhood and that's something that no one's ever going to take away from us um, obviously we did pretty well it's like we are a small school I think and we played in the in the big school league and we think our highest we finished was I think it was fifth fifth or sixth so for us to do that it's a pretty pretty massive feat in itself and um I'm grateful um like I said at the start to Damien Wooden. Um he's a he's a massive reason why where I'm at today. Um just he, he took me taught me to be um so a student before athlete, you know, you had to had to have your grades and everything like that um before you could play and he held me accountable so made me work each day and, and that's the reason
0: why I'm why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. So yeah. yeah, no, shout out to St John's, like as you said before, was it is a small school, and when you plonk it in Hawke's Bay amongst like the Napier Boys and the Hastings Boys, uh, you have to kind of go against these you know bigger schools of you know bigger programs. Uh, but the, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so speak about that regional, regionally, like around Hawks Bay, trying to battle against these teams. Uh, what was it for you like?
1: Um, for us, we I think the biggest thing for us is we had, like I said, we had a brotherhood, and we had tremendous chemistry on court so I mean we would have um, weeks there would be uh, sports sports days on a Thursday and instead of us going and training we would be doing things as a team so whether it be homework or whether we're working on plays and stuff like that and that started I think from year 10 so we had four years together where we just you know you build that chemistry and that's something that you can't get straight away that takes Hmm. like a lot of a lot of growth and and years to build and we just stuck together so whenever we were going through something tough like on court or whatever like that we would we just have that that trust in each other and I think that's very important um but yeah coming coming up against Hastings boys was probably the biggest um the biggest feat we had when we were when we were when I was in high school obviously guys like Sabalos, Smiler, Ravi Mani, um guys like that they were they were in their prime back then too so they made it very difficult for us, but it was it was
0: all it was all love at the end of the day. And you love the competitiveness as an athlete. So. Yeah, that's right. Like off court, boys and brothers, and um, you're able to catch up and speak and talk. But then between those lines, it's a different story. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. So you you can be friends off court, but as soon as you're on the opposite team, it's your enemies. So for <laughs> <laughs> lack of a better word, you're trying to kill them, sort of thing. So, but no, it, like like you said, at at the end of the day, it's all love. Like you go in between those lines. You put your blood, sweat, and tears out there, and then, like once it's over, at the end of the day, it's just a game. So we just play it. We we play it because we're we're passionate about it and we love it, and it shows when we're when
0: we're out there doing it. So. so, exactly like you said, it's 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 the passion because this game it just transcends a lot of things. It teaches you a lot of things and um it puts you Definitely. in good environments. And um it's um you'd say it's a way of expression or how about yourself personally and you know, your love for the game. Of course. Definitely. Definitely. Nice, man. Hey, look, um, you said you guys had a f- top five, top eight finish. Do you remember that year yeah. at all and, and how they went?
1: Um, yeah. So the, it was my year 12 year and, um, I, I remember it pretty vividly cause we actually, we kind of messed up a little bit. Um, We we were playing Nayland College, and we were probably expected to beat them, and that was our, I think it was our quarterfinal game. And um, we ended up going down 25 real early, so we made it quite tough for ourselves. And we came back, and we we hit it to, I think we were down one point with eight seconds to play. And in the high school format, like, you know, when you're at Palmerston, the Arena Manawa 2, there's the courts are next to each other and so Mm. you can't really control what happens and we had a play we caught our coach um Mr and he caught a timeout and we had a really nice play drawn up and um the player that was meant to get it got the ball and as he got the ball he was wide open and shot it and made it but a ball from the opposite court rolled onto the floor so they waved they obviously stopped the game because the ball rolled onto the floor but we made the shot and I'll That's something I'll never forget. It's like, man, like we were right there to going through from quarters and a ball from another game rolled onto the court and stopped us, sort of thing. But Mm. I mean, hey, it happens. (laughs) It's just
0: just one of those things that happens. Yeah. So that the ball came on the court, reset the play. By then Nayland saw the play. Yeah. (laughs) You yeah, couldn't run it again or you couldn't replicate, so that's what happened. No. Is that right?
1: Yeah, we didn't have another timeout either. So, I mean, it yeah. was, was frustrating, but I mean, <laughs> like, like you, it's sport, right? <laughs> Anything
0: <laughs> happens. So, yeah. oh man, that's um, that's an interesting, um, interesting story. I was nailing from down south. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, um, man, it's um, that's interesting that you know, like the cruel fate of the of the orange ball jumps yeah. <laughs> in the line. Oh yeah. man. So um yeah, in your time in high school, was there any other notable like NBL players that are playing today that you played against? Um, you mean from my school or like uh, just in uh, general? Just in general, throughout your high school down days.
1: Um, I think um, Jacob Walsh. I think he's uh he was playing with the Saints for a little bit. Um, so I know he was a part of the squad for a few years. Um, I'm not I'm not too sure what what any of the other. I don't think in the NBL. I'm, I'm not hundred percent i do um one of my good friends Fidu Marama, so he um he trains me a lot um in the in the summer and gets me ready um a lot of the times he's he's making me work and I hate him doing it but you know at the end of it <laughs> uh, at the end of it i'm a i'm a better player and i've got better um and so shout out to Fidu for the last three years um giving up his time to come and train me and and make me a better player so um, I'm really appreciative of that So, and that's just, that just explains the brotherhood, you know, like Mm -hmm. it goes beyond, goes beyond, um, the high school days, which is, which is pretty
0: cool. Sweet, man. Hey, look, um, after high school, so as soon as high school finishes, you obviously have big dreams and aspirations of moving forward. Mm -hmm. Where, Where did that begin? What happened after you just finished high school?
1: Um, so I was, my initial thing was to go to college in America, but, um, I guess uh, I guess, like, if you compare it to today's day and age, it wasn't as well-known in New Zealand as what it is now. Um, I think the only person that had gone to college um, in my age was, was Stephen, and you look what he's doing now. So um, for me, I went up to Auckland and I trialed for the breakers uh, development position. And I went up there, and I I got offered that, and so I decided to take that route. Um, when I was 18, 19 years old, fresh out of high school. So, yeah, that's that's what I did. Um, would I have gone to college? Uh, I think so. I think I would have liked to try college out and just, you know, see see how I did over there and the opportunities that could have come from that. But at the same time, like, I was happy um with my decision, and I learned a lot. Um, when I was up at the Breakers as a development player. So got a got an early early birth into what it's like to be a professional. And I had um, guys around me like CJ Bruden and Daryl Coleto, guys like that, that I could really,
0: really learn off. So, you know. Yeah, that would have been an awesome environment to be a part of. As You talk about CJ and Daryl Coleto. These are obviously the legends of, of the NBL game. Um, so after Breakers development, what happened after that? Um, so I went to Palmerston North. Um, I had a season
1: there. And I went back up uh, after the season to trial for the, the development team, but I didn't make it. And so had to kind of go back to the drawing board, like, what do I want to do? Do I want to carry on pursuing this? Um, and obviously still being young and having the passion for the game, I, I said, yep, I'm going to commit myself to to, you know, to continue to play basketball. And so, I mean... For me, and I think for a lot of athletes out there, like if you're not if you're not going from NBL to an AMBL contract or somewhere overseas, um, it can be hard to maintain and and get that training in. Um, so that's something I really had to commit to and and be true to myself and be like, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not in an AMBL team or I'm I'm not going overseas or whatever, but I'm gonna make sure I'm in shape and and keep myself ready. And that's something I've always done for the for my duration of the my time in the NBL so it can be difficult um but if you have a passion and a love for it i mean you just got to get up and do it right so and i have some obviously like my boy Fidu, um he helps with that um not so much the motivation i'm pretty motivated but just new drills um keeping things fresh so i'm 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 doing something different every day and and yeah. that makes a huge difference because it it can get boring just going in and doing the same thing so <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Um, like um like i know you I know how committed you are to your to your craft and to your game, but from like from the the stories you were telling us about high school and how much you enjoyed that how what was the jump from high school going into this professional era how did you find it and how difficult was it to trying to adapt to this new life
1: um so obviously like with the love for basketball it wasn't a it wasn't a huge um like a huge adaptation um but obviously the level is, is like a huge jump from high school to NBL. To you kind of have to, you have to learn all over again, almost. And I, like I said at the start, I was quite lucky. Like when I, when I first, my first year in the NBL, I had um, Paulie as my coach for the Hawks. And obviously my dad was assistant. I had Kirsten Daly as another assistant, Benny Hill, Polder. So I was really humbled. And like you, as a as a good player um out of high school, you go into the NBL and you kind of think you like you got a bit of swagger, you know, and you kind of yeah. like oh, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be like a walk in the park, but you but you get hit with a with a reality trip, reality check pretty quick. um And for me, it was great having those guys around because they kind of they kind of taught me and they were they were like you know took me under their wing and showed me the rope sort of thing. So. I was very lucky and blessed in that respect, um, but yeah, the jumpers—the jump is massive. It's it's faster, it's more physical, um, and you have to react a lot quicker. And so, mm. yeah, just trying to work on things that that you can you can get to that next level and and show the coach that you're
0: you're trialing for that you can you can kind of play at that level. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, like for you, you have kind of. Tested a couple of different um different regions, different areas within MBL. Um, mm-hmm. so you've done a little bit of a road trip uh, last year <laughs> at, <laughs> at uh, Taranaki, man But just explain your um your your thoughts about all the different kind of places you've been to. I mean, I've loved every
1: every place I've been to for different reasons. Um, Palmerston, it was kind of cool because um, my mum's family is from there. And cool. so, obviously, being my first professional gig, I was like, it would be cool to go somewhere where I've got some family, I've got some support, you know, being quite young. Um, and I learned, I learned a lot there. I, I got injured halfway through the season, so as a player, um, mentally, that was quite tough. Um, but I had to learn, I had to learn, like, how to get out of holes and and what I need to do to, to maintain my body and my injuries and stuff like that. So that was a big learning year for me. Um, and then I came back to Hawke's Bay, um, which was awesome as well. You know, after a year of injury, you want to come back home. you got family around you and stuff like that. So that was a that was a massive part of, of my decision to come home and obviously just playing for where you grew up. And then my decision to go to Taranaki, that was based purely off... Um, opportunity i guess so trent adams was the coach um and he kind of said you'd get a you'd get an opportunity to to start and and play like a major role and i think it it i think i was twenty twenty two twenty three 22 23 at the time and for me that was a big part of my growth as a player um and i commend trent um for working with me each and every day to get better and obviously going there i made some the new zealand select teams and I had a had a um, tall blacks trial and stuff like that. So in mm. terms of my growth and um personal development that was that was probably one of the best options for me to go to Taranaki. and obviously being born there as well, um, that was a massive driving factor. So knew a lot of people that had met my met my mum and my father back when my dad used to play for the B P. Bears. So Ooh. I mean, I've been to places like like Palmerston and um Taranaki in particular, or well, Hawks Bay as well, where I have almost like a family base there, like just through people that your parents have met and you've got a connection. So it never really felt like I was away from home too much.
0: Yeah. <laughs> nice man, like um, yeah, well Taranaki had a bit of a break breakout year that you know, like it led to these other opportunities, um, which hopefully you'll get later on down the track. But this year, um, heading down south, playing yeah. for Southland Sharks, man. Um, yeah, so tell us about that. Yeah, so
1: made the decision to go to, to Southland. Um, I kind of got in contact with um, the previous coach, Juddy, and just, you know, kind of asked him what it's like down there and stuff like that. And he kind of put me in contact with Bevo, and I kept in, kept in contact with him as to how the team's shaping up and, and what's going to happen. And, yeah, obviously signed with Southland. Which I'm I'm very happy to be going there, and like a lot of players say, and how I talked to you before, um, you just see the professionalism and the the environment and the culture there. And as a player, um, when you hear stuff, when you see stuff like that, you kind of you kind of want to be a part of it because you know you're going to get better as a player. I mean, if you look at the roster and the players they have, it's going to be hard to go there and not not get better as a player you know you're going to be tested every single day and as an athlete in any sport that's what you want because you're not going to get better just going through the motions and stuff like that so I think it's going to be a really good test for me and it's going to be it's going to be different with how everything's done but I'm I'm really looking forward to it and looking forward to being a sponge and learning as much as I can off Bevo and my fellow teammates and I really (laughs) I
0: can't wait to get started. So, um, in terms of players, uh, who are you looking forward to working with? Um, everyone. I'm I'm looking forward to working
1: with everyone. I think um, all the players on the team are going to bring something different. Um, obviously the likes of Jared Weeks, he's a little bit of a veteran now in the NBL and NBL, so it'll be cool to to kind of to learn some things off him and um, what he does to prepare himself. Um, the likes of Sunday Ditch, who is in a an elite player an elite defender. So being able to go up against him every day in training, I think would be would be awesome um, to my game as well. But I think everyone's going to bring something different to the table, and that's the that's the beauty of going into something um, something new. is you have to learn all these things again, and where players like the ball and stuff like that. And I think that's gonna it's gonna be really fun um, getting to know everyone. And yeah, like I said, I can't wait to get
0: started with it all. Yeah, man, like, I know what your expectations are within yourself and and what you want to perceive yourself in basketball, but um, your um your expectations of the team, like, I know it's quite early days, you don't know who's been signed from other teams here and there or what the final roster sports are, but um, what are your expectations? Where do you, where you kind of see yourselves fitting out? I mean, uh,
1: like you said, it, it's, it's kind of hard to say, George. You just kind of, for me, like, my mentality is I just go and I'm just going to go there and I'm just going to work hard. And I'm sure um the players are all gonna buy into whatever the culture is that, that Bevo has and we'll just grow and we'll and we'll go from there and and obviously like any team's goal is to win a championship. But hmm. your first step your first step is is gelling and the chemistry and then and then you've gotta make the playoffs. So that's this that's the second part of it. And then you worry about the final at the end. But I mean we'll just we'll just go into camp and and learn and and you know and gel as a team and we'll
0: just go from there. And so, what was the other considering factors um, shifting from Tadnaki going to um besides um, uh, the plays and the cultures? What else was there for you? Um, and obviously, the recommendation from um, ex Hawks Bay Hawk player Jody Flavel. Uh, what else? Did you, what was? That, what else was the considering factors? Um, I
1: just think the facilities there as well. Um, like I talked to a couple of players that have played there and. And they said, like, knowing who I am as a person and how I love I love my training and stuff like that, they just said the facilities there were amazing. You can get in there and shoot whenever you want to. Um and like everything's kinda kinda in your graph, sort of thing, in, in terms of getting better as a player and and for me, like in my development and where I want to go, like, um, I think that was the that was the best
0: fit for me. So. Yeah, no shout out to Southland Sharks. They're 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 a good um good outfit, uh good team, good um organization. Uh mm-hmm. as we said before, communications with um with Leighton Hadleton down there, um with the assistant. Be like you've had um you've had um dealings with them in the past, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah, so I met when I was a
1: development player for the Breakers, I meet I met Leighton up in up in Auckland and he's a he's an awesome dude and he was one of the first first guys to message me once I had signed for Southland and and kind of said, um, I hope you're ready to work, Zoe, and look forward to having you down there. And and when you get when you get messages like that, and you're going to a new place, it's you know it's it's a nice thing because it just makes you feel a little bit better about going there and and stuff like that. And people that have the same goals and vision as you. So yeah, it
0: was really nice, and it was really
1: really good to hear from Leighton.
0: Yeah, it's simple things like that, right? It just, just makes it more. More easier to, to fit in when you when you get down there, going to a new environment down in the South Island. Um, so course, yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> now, nah, man, all the best for you in MBL um, this year, man. I hope you carve it up. Thank you, Jordan. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah. So um, the free on free um national gig. Now, yeah. like you see again, uncertainties around there due to the viruses popping around at the moment. But um, yeah. But how. How did you get into that environment? Was there a, a process to get into there? Was there was there, um was there trials, or were you kind of just approached?
1: Um, I think with with the time constraints and like the NBL and the tour blacks and stuff like that, I think it, I think a majority of us in the team were were kind of just approached based on previous three on three experiences and performances. Um, so I played it a couple years ago and. I absolutely loved it and um pete the the coach he kind of reached out to me and asked if i was if I was interested and, and so did leonard and and we just went from there um, but yeah obviously there's a little bit of doubt that the um, trip to India has been postponed because of the coronavirus and the growing spread of that so um at the moment um we're just waiting confirmation to see if we're headed to Melbourne for uh i think it's some March Mania tournament, three-on-three tournament over there or something like that. Um But, yeah, just kind of just a waiting game at the moment, George, just to see what happens there. Um Obviously, coming into the NBL season, and I think the Qu- Olympic qualifier has to be played before the 20th of April, so everything's kind of crammed in the, uh, a short space of time.
0: Yeah, because we, we spoke about it. Couple of years back, when you, um, with your success down in, uh, over in Mongolia, when you went away with the three on three thing there. So the five on five space versus the three on three. Can you just kind of differentiate between the both of them? What it's like to play and those sort of things from three on three and five on five. Oh man, it's it's completely different. Like, it's completely different. Um, for
1: one, the atmosphere. Like, when you're at a when you're at a five on five game, you're kind of more, you're locked in and and um the vibes like a lot different you have the crowd there sort of thing and like an announcer but with three on three you've got like music playing the entire time you've got like a a dj dude who's there spinning tracks and and talking trash to you on the court and stuff like that like it's completely different but i I really enjoy it um the speed in three on three it's it's a lot faster you have to react a lot quicker um because obviously there's rules you can just throw it out to the three point line and you clear it and then you can throw it straight back in. So in terms of defense, you have to be quite alert. Um obviously there's a little bit more room to negotiate things, like if you're playing offense, like you've got a half court, and generally you put the other two players on the opposite side of you, so you have more room to work. But um I love the I love the fact that Anyone can win on any day because uh, yeah. um, it's, a, it's a game to 21 or um, whoever's got the highest score after the time limit. And so if you're hitting threes or like, I think it's twos and ones, if you're hitting twos quite frequently and you get up quite big, it could be a quick game or it could be a grind. So, I mean, the versatility and in, in the type of game it can be is, is quite exciting. You never know what you're going to get. Um, and it's very physical too. Like, you can go to the rim and get absolutely hacker then they're not going to call anything. So, <laughs> that was a huge adjustment too, but no, it's really good. I, I really, like I said, I really enjoy it, and I, I love both of them um, just as much. So still
0: playing basketball, so that's the passion, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely the passion. Um, yeah. A couple of questions we got from our social media. One question was, what lessons have you learned within playing basketball? Oh, that's a
1: good question. Um, so for me, um, I think a big one I've learned is, is committing to something. And when you commit to something, you've got to give it your all. So it's taught me, um, perseverance. It's taught me, um, um, like how to be driven, um, and get up and work for something every day. Um, and, I guess when you add the passion and love for the game into that, it it, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, mm. well not a little bit easier, a lot easier. <laughs> I mean if you if you love your job that you're in, you're gonna enjoy doing it every day, right? So um mm. it's it's also like humbled me a lot as well. Like I was just lying in bed the other day and I was thinking about like the places that I've got to see um like through basketball. Like obviously I've been to China, I've been to Mongolia, um, all over Australia um so I've I've been able to see a bit of the world playing the sport I love and for me I'm 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 very blessed with that like I don't know if a lot of people can say they they do what they love and get to get to travel the world and and see see parts of the world that you you thought you'd never you'd never see before when you're growing up as a kid so I mean it's, it's very humbling um obviously like you have to work hard to to get to that point but yeah, it, it's just been humbling, and it's taught me it's taught me a few life lessons. But those are the
0: two that that stand out. Now, for real, like as you said, that the the orange ball can take you a lot of places, and mm-hmm. and you said there's interesting places you've been to that you never would have thought that you'd generally go, but it's, yeah. it's led you to those sort of places. But um, another question that was given was um, what sort of advice would you give to up and coming ballers who are transitioning in high school, looking to make that jump to the professional. I know you spoke about it before in this episode, but what advice you want to give to them?
1: Um, I think for me, like going through going through high school and having a coach that really held me accountable. I think studies are very very important. So making sure you have your studies um, and your grades up to par, um, because obviously basketball it it doesn't last forever. So you've got to have something to fall back on. And I'm lucky, lucky enough that um, I have like all my qualifications in high school and stuff like that. So if I, once basketball finishes, I can um, explore other avenues. But in terms of the basketball side, um, I think just just being open and receptive and, and a sponge. So don't have an ego. Make sure you're open to like constructive criticism and, and being able to learn from different people because obviously having different coaches and, and stuff like that, you're not going to get the same, the exact same advice. It's going to be a little bit different and any advice you get is, is knowledge for you. It's just the way you look at it. Um, and then the last thing is just work hard. Like if you, if you have a passion and a love for it, you've got to get up every day. You've got to, you've got to work at your craft because if you don't, I mean, what's the old Is it Kevin Durant saying, um, Oh man! what is it called? Um, hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard, so you can have the you can have all the talent in the world, but if you're not willing to work hard and and put in the hard yards then you're not gonna you're not gonna reach your potential so my biggest thing for for up and coming kids is just to just to like work hard um be open to to learning um don't have an ego don't be cocky um just be just be humble just be humble and 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 enjoy the journey there's going to be ebbs and flows in the journey but as long as you bounce back from your lows and you learn from them then i mean the world
0: the world is your oyster. So. yeah for real like there are going to be times where you're at highs and there are going to be times to get lows but there's going to be ways to navigate your way through those sort of times exactly. and take the good with the bad yeah, and take the good with the bad um etc um and as you said that there's a lot of times when, a lot of kids they think they're better than what they are, and then yeah. when they come across those sort of those um, those times where it's it's real hard, they can't find their way out of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's
1: that's a mental thing as well, and that's something that kids will learn along the way. And everyone's everyone's journey is different, um, but you learn a lot about yourself when you're going through those hard times. And like you could be at the at the top of the world, but if you're not going through a little bit of adversity, then you don't learn, I feel. Um, mm. So it's important to like, you're obviously everyone's going to go through the adversity and hard times, but it's important to kind of sit back and be like, Hey, this happened for this reason. What can I do better next time? How can I, how can I overcome this obstacle when I'm faced with it again? And, and that's how you, that's mentally how you get better at it. And, and yeah, it's like I said, it's just a process then everyone's different and you'll work out
0: that process for yourself. <laughs> nice. Um and the final question was um and I don't think he minds been um being named who who it is, but um from Matt Mad Dog Wilson. Uh what was your favorite <laughs> song? Uh, what was your favorite song growing up? My favorite song growing up? Oh man. I don't know.
1: I think I think he wants me to say um a la 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 long song <laughs> whatever the song was that they <laughs> They used to call me uh a la la lon in the up uh, is it by Bob Marley
0: or whoever it's by? I'm not too sure I mean, think it's, it's, it's a song from Inner Circle. Oh in
1: inner circle, yeah, whatever that song was. Every time they saw me they kinda of be a la, la 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 lon. So
0: I'm gonna go with that because I know he'll get a laugh out of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, man. He was blowing up my DM saying, man, big make sure he... <laughs> you ask him what song man, and it's like, yeah, what exactly that song, in a in a circle. <laughs> yeah, that's the one, In inner circle. That's the one. <laughs> Huh? good old Matt wilson man he's always a character <laughs> for sure for sure <laughs> nice alonzo hey um before we round out this episode man um there's a couple of um random questions we throw at our um some of our guests just uh, see if you can think of it on the spot i know you're quick on the on the on the trigger so ready to go yeah let's do it okay man uh first question is what is on your current spotify list that you were listening to Oh man.
1: Um, so I love Meek Mill. So there's a lot of Meek Mill on there the I think one of the songs I'm into is Moses by French Montana and Chris Brown. I think it's a bit of a oldie but
0: I'm I'm really feeling that with my training at the moment. Oh, there you go. It gets you in the zone. Yeah, they get me in the zone. I'm I'm enjoying that 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 um beat at the moment. Okay. Um let's talk about your high school days. Who was your toughest opponent you went up against? Oh man. That's a
1: tough one, um I think defensively it has to be Sabalos just because he was a he was like a really good defender and he was fast as well, so obviously he was marking me a lot of the time, and so just trying to get past him and and then mark him on the offensive end as well he was he'd shoot like threes from friggin' Africa and and make them, so it was a hard cover off, offensively as well so I mean I'd have to go so Balos was probably my toughest cover. Nice. Uh and and NBL, who's your toughest opponent? Oh man, there's so many go- I can't I don't think I can pin that down. Um I think when my when was it? When I came back and played for Hawks Bay and Corey Webster was playing for Wellington. Um yeah. I think that that was probably he was the toughest guy I think I've ever had to guard. He can just he can score in a variety of ways and, like, he's fast. His IQ is through the roof as well. So, I mean, you've got to go with the best scorer in, in New Zealand, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a like, super um, yeah. tough cover though. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Talk about Corey. Like, when you play against him, does he does he give you much or he's just out there giving you the business?
1: I feel like Corey, he kind of just keeps to himself and he just plays. Um, obviously, if there's, there's a little bit of, like, trash talk on the court. I've never, I'm never, like, like heard him trash talk or anything like that. He kind of just goes out there and gets on with it. So um yeah, but he's he's definitely a tough cover man. <laughs> I think anyone would tell you that. <laughs> uh, okay. now, favorite NBA team you finally follow? Um so I love Golden State. I'm a Steph Curry fan, so it was awesome seeing him come back from his injury the other day. Um, yeah, no exactly, so, yeah. yeah, but I'm 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 a Golden State fan. I'm I'm more of a player fan. Um so if Steph went to another team, I would probably I'd probably switch to that team. Um but
0: yeah.
1: for for now I'm a I'm a Golden State fan. I love Steph Curry, so yeah, yeah, man, yeah.
0: I'm a loyal,
1: loyal dude. Loyal
0: dude. Yeah, it's been a bit of a tough year this year, hasn't
1: it? it? has been, but like
0: like we talked about before, adversity, growing pains, <laughs> right? So <Yeah. laughs> Oh man, well hopefully they get a good cover next year and they get all their players back in. Yeah, maybe you know. The, obviously, they're sitting in a position to pick up a good um, draft pick next next season. So yeah, let's see how they go. Yeah, they've got nice. the, they've got the pieces there. So yeah. Again, okay, this probably leads up into the next question: favorite NBA player of all time.
1: Oh, I have to go with Scottie Pippen. I love Scottie Pippen when I was growing up. Um, oh, I loved yeah. the Chicago Bulls, but I Scottie Pippen was my one of my favorite players. You um, know, I was growing up. I just love he's a defensive player. He could score um, and obviously part of a championship winning team. And I think if he goes to any other team, he's a superstar, but he he kind of bit the bullet and, and played a role and obviously created a, a dynasty there at Chicago. So yeah, I love mm. Scottie Pippen.
0: Yeah, it's oh, yeah, awesome because when you, you, when you speak about Chicago Bulls in the 90s, Obviously quite a lot of people go, oh MJ's my, my favorite player, but um you yeah. went with um with uh with uh Scotty Pippen, which is cool. Yeah.
1: MJ's right up there as well, don't get me wrong. But <laughs> if I'm <laughs> if I'm going with a favorite
0: player like like of all time will be Scotty, definitely. No. Nice. Cool. Uh favorite teammate of all time.
1: Oh man, that's a tough one. Um I think when I was when I was up at a development player with breakers, um I think Mick of was an awesome, awesome teammate. I remember yeah. I was up there and I didn't have, um, I didn't have like a, like a former transport one time. And I kind of, um, I was, he overheard me talking to someone in the, in the room about it. And he was just like, oh, Zo, do you want to use my car while we go away? Cause they were going away to a trip. And obviously development players stay back and they, and they work on their game and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, bro, all good. And he kind of just threw me the keys to his car and was like, "Where are you going?" So, like, I think everyone in New Zealand that knows Micah, he's just a he's just an awesome teammate. He's he's a he's a really fun type of dude to be around as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I'm I'm I'll go
0: with Micah on that one. Ah, uh, top guy, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Sweet. Um. Yeah. Before we check out of this episode, man. Any final words? Uh, nah, kind of covered everything, George. Thanks <laughs> yeah. For you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a snapshot of your life, man. Zoe, thank you very much for your time, bro. We wish you all the best with um, obviously the Southland Sharks and hopefully the free on free sorts itself out so you can put that uh, still film back on your chest and um, represent our country. Of course. Yeah, that'll be great. Now,
1: thank you. Thank you for having me, Joy. really appreciate it, man. It took us a while to get there, but we got there in the end, right?
0: So... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we got there in the
1: end, man. Definitely, uh, like, there was
0: no doubt about it, bro, whatsoever. For sure. For sure. Alright, so have a good day and um yeah, see you. Yeah, look forward to seeing you courtside for the NBL. Thanks, George. Thanks
1: for having me. Alright,
0: Well, there it is. It's full time. Thank you very much for taking your time out here with us at Showtime Balling NZ, the podcast of Balling at all levels. Hope you enjoy. Before we take off, making sure that you cop our merch and make sure you help grow our brand and represent us. Yo, until next time. Peace.